to another episode of the BayCare Clinic podcast. My name is Alicia Schertz. I'll be your host for this episode. A woman dies from some form of cardiovascular disease every 80 seconds. In fact, according to the Center for Disease Control, heart disease is the leading cause of death for women in the United States. It can affect every woman regardless of age or ethnicity. Luckily for us, it's also largely preventable. Dr. William Whitmer, fellowship-trained cardiologist with Aurora Baycare Cardiology, is here today to educate us on the signs and symptoms of heart disease. He'll also talk about the things women can do to lower our risk of experiencing a cardiovascular episode. Dr. Whitmer, thanks for being here. Thank you, Alicia. Thank you for having me. So let's start with some of these startling statistics. For whatever reason, when people think of heart attacks or heart disease, they automatically make the assumption that it's mostly for men. That's an incorrect assumption, correct? That's very true, and I think it's a very important thing to hit home is that, like you said, heart disease is the number one killer of women in the United States. And uh, amazingly, only about 50% of women realize that. And only about 30% of minority women realize that. So I, I feel like I can't say it enough that, that women are more likely to die of heart disease than any other disease. Um, about a third of all deaths in women are from heart disease. Uh, heart disease kills more women than men every year. More women die of heart disease every year than cancer and all other causes put together. In fact, it's 11 times more likely uh, to cause a woman's death than breast cancer. So uh, those are staggering statistics, like you say. And uh, recognition of how common it is is very important as a first step in preventing it. Absolutely. So can we talk about what is heart disease? Medically, what does that mean for, for somebody? So heart disease uh, encompasses a huge gamut of uh, different diseases. Uh, you can have structural diseases of the heart, which includes problems with the valves of the heart if they don't open all the way or they leak troubles with the muscle of the heart, where the muscle doesn't contract well. Um, and it also can involve the electrical system of the heart, where the electricity of the heart is abnormal. You get rhythm problems with the heart that cause the heart to go too fast or too slow um, or cause people to pass out. But the most common uh, kind of heart disease is what we call coronary artery disease, which is the result of cholesterol blockages building up in the small arteries that feed the heart that eventually can cause heart attacks and cause damage to the heart. Uh, and eventually heart failure and things like that. So you just touched on it a little bit, but can you elaborate on maybe some of the risk factors, obviously diet being one of them um, for so, women? So yes, uh, the good news is we, we know risk factors that can make you more likely to have heart disease. And if you know what uh, the most likely thing around is out there to kill you, you'd wanna do everything you can to reduce the risk of having that happen to you. So those risk factors are uh, diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, a family history of heart disease. And what that means is having a direct relative uh, 55 years or younger that has had a heart attack or heart disease, or a woman relative, direct relative of 65 years or younger. Um, uh, beyond that, it's uh, uh, being overweight and inactivity. So a lot of those risk factors, uh, all but one really, you have control over, which is uh, nice. Um, the only one you really don't have control over is your family history or what you've been born into. But studies have shown that if you control all your other risk factors and you have a strong family history of heart disease, you can reduce your risk to that of someone who does not have a family history of heart disease. So a lot of this is within your control. So how do you control your risk factors? 
Um, one very important thing to do is to see your physician regularly or your healthcare provider uh, to get screened for diabetes and high blood pressure because those are treatable and treating them will reduce your risk. Um, the other risk factors and even the risk factors of diabetes and high blood pressure all can be controlled with uh, just two things and, and that's diet and exercise, mm -hmm. which people are probably tired of hearing, <laughs> but yeah. it's a simple answer. Right. Yeah. Other than the one, the most important one we haven't even mentioned yet is that of smoking. So smoking is one of the worst risk factors for heart disease and that I kind of left off because it's kind of a no-brainer, but um, smoking will increase your risk of heart disease by 50%. So if you are smoking, that's the biggest bang for your buck to stop. Uh, that uh, will reduce your risk of heart attack and death by 50% right there. More than any procedure we can do or stent we can put in or bypass we can do, it's better than any drug stopping smoking will do the most for you to reduce your risk. Talking about smoking, vaping is really popular right now. Is that the same risk factors as far as we can tell? So vaping is, uh, right now, is thought to be bad. It is, originally when it came out, it was felt that maybe it's a little bit better than smoking because you're not getting all the tar and the carcinogens with the, uh, or cancer-causing agents with the nicotine. But it turns out now there are many, many cases, up to 2,000 cases now of severe lung injury from vaping. Now, most of those are with THC or marijuana, but about 15 to 20% of them are from with just nicotine. So my recommendation now would be to stay away from it. We don't know enough about it, and clearly there's something very dangerous about it. Absolutely. You know, going back to our risk factors and way that we can reduce them, we often hear about managing stress and stress being an important component to this as well. Um, do you have tips or anything for women as far as ways that we can do that? So uh, that's a really difficult area to address. Stress has been shown to increase the risk of heart attacks and some heart attacks are triggered by, triggered by severe stress. And there's another type of disease that's more common in women than men uh, called Takasubo cardiomyopathy or stress cardiomyopathy where the heart suddenly stops working well, not from a heart attack, but from a, a sudden stunning of the heart muscle that occurs as a result of sudden emotional stress, like finding out a, a loved one's died or, or some uh, serious emotional stress. So stress is part of life. It's impossible to get rid of all of it, and, and it's part of living. It's more important, I think, to learn how to deal with it. And that, you know, um, there are many things to do when it comes down to a personal choice. You know, exercise can decrease stress. Taking a walk outside in nature can decrease stress. Meditation, deep breathing is a very good thing to do if you feel suddenly stressed. Uh, in, a, in a situation, uh, even the Navy SEALs do that. They call it four by four if they're really stressed. They take uh, four long, deep, slow breaths, counting four seconds on inhalation, then hold four seconds, then exhale and hold four seconds, kind of like yoga breathing. That's something that can has been shown to really lower your heart rate, lower your blood pressure, um, and promote the release of hormones in your body that help your body and, and uh, reduce uh, stress that way. So you've talked a little bit about the risk factors and, and sort of ways that we can limit our risk factors for, for heart disease and, and that kind of thing. But it's a little scary because it can also go somewhat undetected. So what are some of the symptoms or, or things that we might be experiencing if we do have an issue with? So yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And when it, we, to come back to women, it's very important uh, that women pay attention to their symptoms and people who are close to women pay attention to those symptoms too. Because that's one of the biggest problem with women and heart disease is uh, although the symptoms may be very similar to men, they're more often ignored and put off as something else, heartburn or 
indigestion or, or something else when they're really from heart disease. So it's really important, like we talked about, to keep heart disease at the top of your list as a possibility when someone has symptoms. So what are those symptoms? They can be uh, any discomfort above the waist. So uh, an often heart pain or pain from a heart attack or a threatened heart attack is not severe. It can be a mild pressure or ache in the uh, just below the chest in the upper abdomen area. It can be anywhere in the chest, uh, discomfort of any kind, in the arms, in the neck, in the throat. Sometimes people feel it as tooth pain or jaw pain, um, any of those symptoms. So that's the discomfort part. But heart, uh, symptoms of heart disease can also be shortness of breath with exertion or a recent decrease in exercise tolerance. Uh, also, sudden weight gain, building up of fluid or ankle swelling. Those are symptoms to get checked out right away. Uh, lightheadedness, dizziness, palpitations, those are other things, or new fatigue. And you had talked about it being that some of those symptoms present themselves differently in women. What is the difference between those symptoms that women might experience and men might experience? That's a great question. And, and studies have really shown that we're kind of going on the wrong target there, that the symptoms are often very similar, but we're interpreting them differently. So chest discomfort is the most common symptom in women for heart disease, for a heart attack. Uh, it's the most common symptom. Now, they're more likely than men to have associated symptoms like nausea or uh, indigestion and things like that. Um, but there are many men, too, that come in with what they think is heartburn, and it's actually heart pain. So th the real message there is to pay more attention to those symptoms. Uh, for some reason, you know, our society, even all the healthcare providers are focused in on men being more commonly having heart disease in women. So they hear those symptoms in a man, and they jump on it with evaluating the heart. But when women presents with those same symptoms, they're more hesitant or they get a delay in diagnosis, which has been proven in studies. You know, that about, you know, um, a third of women who come to the emergency room with the same symptoms as a man for heart disease will go home uh, and not get admitted versus getting admitted, you know. Interesting. Um, it should be obvious, but what should women do if they are experiencing any of those? It becomes a mentality thing, I'm sure, where you don't explain it away as something else, but what should they do if they experience any of those symptoms? So if you have symptoms that are kind of gradual onset of increased shortness of breath or fatigue or decreased exercise uh, tolerance or swelling, you should get in to see your healthcare provider. Uh, if you have chest discomfort that's new or any new discomfort above the waist in the jar or the chest, uh, even if it's mild and it's not going away after 15, 20 minutes, you should call 911 and get to the emergency room. And, you know, it's a simple matter of doing an EKG and checking a blood test to see if it's your heart or not. Is, is time a factor for these cardiovascular conditions? Or if I'm experiencing symptoms one night, can I wait until the next day? Or is it something like, you know? That's a great question. So it all depends on the situation. If you ever have a question, you should call your doctor immediately and, and ask over the phone. But in general, um, time is very important when you're having a heart attack. So heart attack symptoms, we talked about, you know, any discomfort above the waist that's new uh, or sudden onset of shortness of breath that's not going away at rest. If you experience those symptoms for more than 10 to 15 minutes, you should be getting to the hospital immediately. Because the longer you wait, the more damage will occur to the heart. And once the heart is damaged, that damage is permanent and never comes back. So the sooner you get to an emergency room and can get treated, uh, to say open up an artery that's causing a heart attack, the, the, the more likely are, you are to not only survive the heart attack but have less damage to the heart. So it sounds like education is, is really, really important. I mean, I think everybody can understand the risk factors and even if you know all of the risk factors, kind of not explaining away. Can you elaborate on why that's so important for women to just be educated? Well, I think uh, it's very important to keep 
first in your mind when you get new symptoms as it, it could be my heart, you know, whether you think it's indigestion or um, you just had a bad day and you're feeling suddenly fatigued, it, think about heart disease as a possibility and, and getting in to see a doctor, you know, or your healthcare provider to get evaluated. It's very important to pay attention to your symptoms and take care of yourself so, you know, we can all go on and take care of other people. Absolutely. Is there anything else you want to add? Are there one or two takeaways we can have for our listeners? Well, I think like you just touched on, um, the, the main message is to realize the prevalence of heart disease in women and that it is the number one killer and to get that message out there. Two, uh, you know, if you are a woman uh, or a man close, uh, close to women, have women uh, uh, in your life, take their symptoms seriously and don't blow them off. You know, that's a really important message. And since you know heart disease is your most likely uh, cause of death in all people, men and women, do everything you can to reduce your risk. Don't smoke, exercise, and uh, eat well. Fantastic. Well, there you have it. Thank you very much for your time today, Dr. Whitmer. I think women everywhere are becoming more educated, but there is certainly more that we can do. Dr. Whitmer is a cardiologist with Aurora Baycare Cardiology. He is fellowship trained in interventional cardiology. For more information about Baycare Clinic or to request an appointment, visit baycare.net. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Alicia.